0: At the end of the day, people buy people, and people trust people, and they do business with people they like and trust. DigitalMarketingRadio.com, the big interview with
1: David Bain. What are the rules for prosperity in the new economy? How do you apply conventional sales skills to an online world? And is it really possible to sell from a mobile device? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask our special guest today, Andrew J. Kess. Andrew, welcome to DMR.
0: Hey David, thanks for having me. Good to be here.
1: Well, thanks for joining me. Well, Andrew was a seven-figure producer in two separate sales businesses before the age of 35. He's also one of a few Dan Kennedy Certified Business Advisors and co-founder and president of Remarka Mobile. So, Andrew, do you think that new web-based businesses are forgetting about learning sales skills?
0: Uh, I do actually, because what's funny today is a lot of people I think like to hide behind, <laughs> they like to hide behind the internet today or hide mm. behind the web today and sort of sell virtually, which I think you can to a degree. But I think the more you try to remove the actual person to person touch that we, you know, that we came up with, or at least that I came up with, uh, you're, you're leaving a lot on the table.
1: Right. Okay. Um, so uh, sales skills then definitely apply in the new economy.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. See, I think what with the new when, you, when we talk about the new economy, we're talking really the Internet, you know, the, the Internet economy, the mobile economy that we're in right now. Sure. And I think that we rely too much on technology. Right. I know I don't. You probably don't, David. It's why we're here. Uh, but I think many people do. I think they rely too much on technology and it makes them a little bit lazy and they start to forget that at the end of the day, people buy people and people trust people, and they do business with people they like and trust. So we have to kind of keep the person element into the sales process as much as possible. In my work, I like to talk pre-internet and post-internet, since as you mentioned before, I was uh, a young stockbroker, investment banker in New York when I came up when I was 23, 24 years old, and we only had a telephone. That was it. There was no internet, no video, no Google, nothing. Just a telephone, and we had to make a lot of dials and do a lot of prospecting. So we we really learned the art of telephone communication. Then post-internet, uh, as I got online and built an online information and internet marketing business, I was able to maintain the communication skills I had and then blend them with technology, automation and leverage. And I think if you do those two things, you can build an amazing business. But what I find today is people do one or the other. The old school s- tends to stay old school. The new school doesn't want to hear from the old school and they just want to be new school. They, they, like I said before, they sort of hide behind technology. So uh, it's a delicate balance and it's a balance that very few businesses even explore.
1: Right. Okay. I mean, I remember about um, 13, 14 years ago when I got started in online marketing um, and most businesses were just treating it as another advertising opportunity and putting up single web pages and just um, expecting people to read it like brochures and obviously not Mm -hmm. interact at all. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are different rules now, though, uh, to... um, selling effectively online compared with the older economy Um, so what would you say are the main differences between how it used to be conventional sales skills um, and perhaps amending those sales skills a little bit but still keeping the the best bits the heart of it and utilizing that for the new um economy
0: yeah so the old way so to speak was not a lot of technology as i said earlier right so not not Hmm. a whole lot of technology not a whole lot of leverage So I think today with the leverage and the tools and the automation that we have, it actually makes selling easier, makes selling smoother. I like to talk about in my sales velocity work and my book and my podcast called Sales Velocity, the theme is how to sell more with less resistance. And most people sell very little with a lot of resistance, right? So selling more with less resistance makes your business fun and it makes you um, actually enjoy sharing your products and services with your prospects because you've set up systems. And you've leveraged both new school and old school that allows the process to be very smooth uh, and not feel pushy or salesy. We, we all have that in the back of our minds. We all have that uh, car salesman-like feeling when we think of salesmen or saleswomen. So the blend of the two is actually the greatest opportunity we've ever had today. But again, very few blend the two. Yep. Very few combine new with old. They do one or the other. And they wonder why they meet a lot of resistance when it comes to selling.
1: And do you think it's really necessary to have a telephone option for customers, so a, a, a phone number on a website for um, potential customers to actually get in touch with you? Um, or is it possible to do that selling all online?
0: Well, the answer is both. It just depends on what your objective is when you're selling. Some businesses, you know, maybe having a phone number and having people call in prior to being properly conditioned is not a good idea. Maybe the sell, Maybe the telephone angle is better later on. For some businesses, like attorneys for example, I know attorneys like to, they like to get their phone to ring. Private practice owners like to get their phone to ring. So maybe doing lead generation with a phone call uh, to, to come in for a free consultation would make sense for that business. So it really just depends on what the objective of the business is when it comes to lead generation and sales. But at the end of the day, every single business should have what you just said is an option of getting real people on the phone with qualified prospects at some point in the process, whether it's early, in the middle, without a doubt later on once they become customers. But you see my point, early or in the middle, super important. And again, most businesses today, they don't even have a phone in some instances. Yep. You can't even reach them. <laughs> they don't have anyone picking it up and they don't have anyone making outgoing calls. And I think that that, that we as as a society, I don't know. You know, you're in England. I'm in I'm in Miami, Florida. So, uh, two different worlds, as you know. I don't know how it is uh, in the UK compared to uh, here in North America. Slightly colder. I, <laughs> slightly colder for sure. I'll give you that. Uh, but the big thing is 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 we here have greatly gotten away from person to person telephone connecting and sharing and selling. And I don't know if you guys have in the UK as well. Uh, but that's a big piece of the uh, of the puzzle here that I think a lot of a lot of uh, business owners are forgetting about I really do and I think it should be integrated whenever possible I know in my business I own a mobile marketing company you mentioned it earlier we are so adamant about getting our customer service people on the telephone speaking to our members and affiliates if they need anything and they're so blown away by that David they can't even believe sometimes that someone picked up the phone and called them and I, I have this funny joke when I'm when I'm uh, a, a, presenting or speaking in front of a group and i see some young people in the audience and i say you know so this is a telephone and these are numbers and there's there's zero through nine and if you press them they dial out a person picks up there's a dial like i explain it's almost like it's new technology nowadays people can't believe you call them what does that even mean
1: (laughs) that this is an iphone six and guess what it also has a telephone on it it actually has a dial tone right yeah yeah so um I think things have improved slightly. Um, you know, five or six years ago, the you know, ninety odd percent of websites didn't have a telephone number on them. It's it's possibly slightly improved, but it certainly needs to improve a little bit for a little bit further. And of course, one of the big surges in terms of changes of consumer behaviour over the last two or three years has been the the, the, the increased use of smartphones. Um, I I see many clients actually with. Um, over 50% of their website visitors coming through either smartphones or tablets or, or, or combined. So that's just an incredible percentage. Um, now, is it um, just as easy to sell through um, a smartphone, through mobile marketing, um, or do you ha- does a business have to rely on just its content on its website to do the selling on its behalf?
0: Yeah, no, good point that you make. Most people are hitting websites today on a phone or a tablet, of course on their computer too, but, but for the most part, that number is really increasing quite a bit in, in favor of the mobile device. So two things, number one, the business has to be set up. This is what we do in my company. The business has to be set up to be mobile optimized and mobile ready and to be able to create a good mobile user experience, whether somebody's surfing the website. Uh, in today, in most cases, whether they're watching a video. Uh, I, do a lot of, I do a lot of selling and presenting by webinar. So if I'm putting something out there, David, my stuff has to be viewable on the iPhone, on the tablet, on the PC, on the Mac. And it is. I make sure that it is. So you definitely can sell through all media today. And you should try to sell through all media today, depending on what your process looks like. Uh, And you should make sure that your technology is compatible with every device that you're going to get hit from, and, and like you said a second ago, most cases your information is going to get hit from a lot of different devices. And whether it's static content or video or audio, it needs to be, it needs to be mobile, tablet, desktop optimized so that you don't lose the viewer.
1: And talking about um, having a telephone number on your website, um, have you actually done any tests to see what kind of impact that has on the bottom line of a business?
0: yeah I, again i think it's dependent on the business i don't think that it's just a cookie cutter put a put a phone on phone number on your website and now you're all of a sudden you're you're utilizing the phone correctly i think it depends on the business because i think it can actually work against businesses too i've seen some businesses david that they just want to put a phone on the website just to put a phone number on the website just to get their phone to ring but then they end up in really bad conversations right mm. because the prospect hasn't been properly conditioned they haven't been properly warmed up with information, education, perhaps an ebook, perhaps a DVD, a CV, CD, something that qualifies them and gets them a little bit more down the process of engagement and, and being somewhat ready to be sold to if there's a selling process. The other side, though, as I mentioned earlier, is if you're a professional practice, uh, chiropractor, doctor, dentist, lawyer... Their, their main means of lead generation is to get the phone to ring, to get a good quality paralegal on the phone, to answer questions and move them to a consultation and get them into the office. So it just depends on what you want to do and what type of business you have before you decide if you just want to slap a phone number on a website just to say, hey, I use the phone.
1: Okay. And you've got customers that are experiencing and interacting with your content a lot online, but they're just not buying. Um, what, what are some of the most effective ways of actually closing the sale online?
0: When you say closing the sale online, do you mean online as in the second someone hits your site, or just through on, through some sort of online media in which a sale you know happens at some point?
1: Well, possibly um, determining when someone is actually ready to buy, um, and then or or at least interested in what you're doing, um, and. Persuading them to actually make the decision to purchase. Um, yeah. So th- it could be, you know, either you know things like testimonials or case studies on landing pages, or perhaps that's the time for the telephone conversation.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think that uh, first off, very few businesses have sales funnels, so they don't do a great job with lead generation. They they like to try to just sell, 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 or get people to buy, buy, buy right now, but they don't really have a process and a system. And in my my sales velocity work, my book, which is going to be released later in 2014, called Sales Velocity, and everything that I do in my sales velocity work in private coaching is all centered around having a three-part system, okay? Which is, part one is lead generation, part two is the selling process, and part three is service and follow-up. And in most businesses, they stay right in the middle. They just try to sell, they go right for the jugular. They can't wait to talk about their products and services, but they, there's no lead generation process. There's no build up to the sales process to even have a chance to close the deal. So they're always talking about, I can't close the deal. I'm not good at sales. I can't close sales. But when I look at their sales process, all they're doing is selling. And most of the time they're selling out of place. They're selling at the wrong time, too soon, too late. Uh, just, uh, just really poorly managed systems in place and no structure.
1: Okay, and you also mentioned follow up there as well. Um, So once someone has made the decision to purchase, um, you can do things like bundling, uh, offer other additional products and services that are related to what you're selling, um, but also upsell in the future and keep that as a client in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, How much do you think in general um, websites are leaving on the table by not um, offering additional products or services or, or trying to upsell in the future?
0: Well, it's not just the website, it's the business itself, right? Mm -hmm. So, two things. So, on the website piece, if somebody's buying from you on a website, let's say you're an online marketer and you sell online like I do, and in person, then it makes a lot of sense that once somebody purchases your initial transaction that they're offered something as an upsell or even a cross-sell, right? They should be, you know, as they're in buying mode, they should be offered something complimentary or one of your higher ticket items, maybe something that's a little bit more valuable, uh, another level of service, because that's the time that they're emotionally involved and ready to move very few businesses do that. Secondly, once you have a customer, client, member, very few businesses are working on what's next. How can we make this a more valuable customer or client? Uh, How can we introduce them to more services, whether it's coaching, consulting, memberships, uh, additional products, training? Very few businesses do much on the back end. They're just so focused on bringing in as many as they can on the front. And as I mentioned earlier, in most cases, they're just trying to just sell and throw up all over people. They're not doing a great job of lead generation. They're doing an okay job of selling because they do the numbers, and they're not doing a good job at all of customer retention um, and and, and increasing customer value. And and nowadays, I almost see no business, David, almost none. 99% of businesses do not do any kind of follow-up or any kind of what's next or any kind of movement to the next level or the next product. It's just, incri- I mean, I, I literally every day of the, of the week I watch businesses locally, restaurants, uh, online businesses, Things I order from Amazon, things I order directly from companies online, nobody does this. Literally, when it happens, I, I, it almost brings a tear to my eyes. It happens so rarely.
1: <laughs> you want to give them more money, but they're just not um, taking it from you. <laughs> they don't
0: even want it. You know what the easiest thing in the world to do, David, too, is if you ship a real product, and I, I, this happened four times this week already. I buy nutritional products online. I buy gifts online. I have something delivered almost daily to my, to my condo from Amazon, and almost nobody has anything in the box except a receipt? Nothing. No letter from the owner. No thank you. We appreciate your business. And we also thought you might like this. No offer for the next purchase. No opportunity for another higher level service uh, within, a, within a time frame at a discount. Uh, you know, kind of a fast action a discount type scenario. Nothing. That is one of the greatest opportunities in all of sales, is to be putting something in your deliverable that moves them to the next level. It almost never happens.
1: So everything that you do online has to be integrated into your overall marketing mix. It's not silo. It doesn't sit there by itself. It's not um, something that the rest of the organization, if you're working in a big company, um, don't bother with. Because um, it has to be integrated into everything else that goes on within the business.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, you know, your, your magazine is, your magazine is all digital, right? You're, you're, you know, digital guy, but do you know that the greatest digital companies in the world have a huge offline presence? Mm. So if you're thinking only digital and only kind of being behind the website and only website, 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 you're just leaving a ton on the table because the greatest digital businesses in the world have physical newsletters. They ship physical products. They do live events so you got to be careful of just being digital and thinking that that's the world we're in. That's a really, that's a very one-sided, very, um, you know, very uh, small-dimensional business.
1: Well, perhaps watch this space with regards to um, books being um, published um, from Digital Marketing Radio, but um, we'll see. so let's segue into the second section of our discussion so that focuses on your opinion and what's happening in digital marketing today and and how it's actually got here so starting off with
0: software i couldn't live without what's
1: what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you it would significantly impact the success of your business
0: Uh, I've used a lot of different uh, email marketing systems like AWeber and iContact. We currently use Infusionsoft uh, at this point for our CRM. There's a lot of good CRMs out there like Salesforce and Infusionsoft. Um, There's so many different ones. Um, We've had huge problems with Infusionsoft as far as an affiliate platform, but pretty good as a CRM. Mm. Uh, We definitely like it as a, a sales and marketing tool. Uh, so that's what we use. We also, of course, uh, my company, Remarka Mobile, we have our own platform. It's a mobile marketing platform, but it's a CRM. It's a mobile marketing CRM in which I use for, for both of my businesses to com- communicate with our, uh, with our customers, affiliates and members via text, via voice broadcast, uh, via video, all to the mobile device. So I use a series of things.
1: And what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and um, you're perhaps considering trying at some point in the future?
0: What software don't I use? Uh, you know, I've never used Salesforce, but I've heard good things about it.
1: Right, okay. I've I've used it. It's one of these tools that um, is, is challenging probably to pick up and learn to begin right, with, but right. um, I think if you use it a lot, you'll probably get a lot out of it. Right. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very <laughs> first day that you are involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
0: Uh, when I got started online?
1: <laughs> what year was that?
0: 2005 ish. Okay. Probably 2005. Yeah. I'm close to 10 years online at this point. Right. At the time of this recording. So uh, I, I think one of the things that I, I wish I had done more of in the beginning was probably become more diversified as a marketer in the beginning because during the Google days and the Yahoo days, during those early PPC days, you know, that was 90% of our advertising. We know what happened there.
1: Yeah, um, it was um, what well, had certainly got more expensive if you're <laughs> focusing on Google AdWords. I, I, I yeah. used Google AdWords back in 2005 and um, I was getting tons of traffic for a penny a click, but you can't mm-hmm. do that now. Um, okay, um, so let's move on to the... The this or that round. Now, that's 10 quick questions, the quick response round. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Ready to go. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or Video video affiliates or display advertising both <laughs> <laughs> i might ask you that again <laughs> facebook or google plus facebook online press releases or one-on-one relations both <laughs> paid search or seo both oh more am than i th- allowed to answer that way by the way mm-hmm. or no uh, any more than three get a boo at the end <laughs> oh, <okay. All> right. <laughs> email contact form or telephone number
0: email contact form mm-hmm.
1: website or app Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. Local marketing or global marketing? Global. And affiliates or display advertising?
0: Uh, Affiliates. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get booed, good.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's move straight on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
0: on a single digital marketing activity as far as uh, advertising or?
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you had um, you know, a website or a client's website up and running, um, selling something, and you had to drive as much relevant, uh, appropriate traffic to it as possible, with a view to obviously getting leads and potentially sales it. from it, um, what's one source of traffic that you would use? I, I
0: would go out, if we're, if we're talking online, I would absolutely go out and find the most targeted existing email list already in your target audience and buy their traffic and have them mail your offer.
1: Right. Okay. So would you sponsor a newsletter or would you actually ask them to email a conventional just um, email um, on your behalf from them? Well, if
0: you, if you do it right, we do quite a bit of this. You, know, you want to be running solo email offers uh, with an agency or with, with, with people who already have big lists in your space already so that your offer is going out standalone solo to the list, to oh. a qualified list in your space.
1: Right. Okay. And would you try and set up um, a personalized landing page for that as well? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Without a doubt. I mean, you could go right to an offer. Most people don't. Again, back to the lead generation thing. Ideally, you want to be going to a real simple, you know, sort of one call to action lead generation piece to get them in your funnel. You don't want to just have it get blasted out and go to a sales page. Most people aren't going to buy right off on the spot. So you do want to get them into a, a nurture email, perhaps even regular mail, telephone, funnel. Obviously the easiest is to start off with email, then you can move them to other channels from there. But email's the easiest, the quickest, and the best way to to do your own lead gen and build your own list.
1: My number one takeaway. Well, Andrew, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses?
0: Multimedia, not being one-dimensional like we said earlier, just being on the web, just using email. Uh, I talk a lot about multimedia marketing where if, you're, if, you're, if you want to get the most traction and you want to connect the best with prospects, customers, and members, you need to be doing three things really well. And those three things are email mobile marketing, which is text message marketing, so email marketing, SMS text marketing, and direct mail. If you have a strategy in which you're communicating with prospects, customers, and members with all three of those channels, and of course the telephone mixed in there, you could call it four technically, you are really running a tight ship uh, and you're not not, uh, leaving a lot of money on the table. So think multimedia, think diversification with
1: communication. Wonderful. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do?
0: For more information about me, uh, you can check out my podcast, which goes out almost every week. It's the Sales Velocity podcast. Also, I I publish Direct Selling Insider Magazine. Uh, My book, Sales Velocity, coming out shortly. All that can be found over at andrewjcass.com.
1: Wonderful. Thanks again Andrew.
0: Thanks again David. appreciate it.
1: Did you it in radio? Did you it in radio? Did you log it
0: in radio?